Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, the podcast of choice for the poor and very poor alike. I'm your host, Ushapti owner Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today. Henry Gilbert, and this is what ancient Egyptians called a podcast. <laughs> and who is our special guest? Uh, Shit got off and cracked in. It's Maddie Cop. Hey. <laughs> and today's episode is Lost Our Lisa. Ah, it's springtime, so the geese must be flying back north. Today's episode aired on May 10th, 1998, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Happy Mother's Day, Bobby! Deep Impact debuts at the top of the box office. Mary Higgins Clark's You Belong to Me tops the New York Times bestsellers list. And Tammy Wynette appears as Hank's mom on King of the Hill one month after the country legend passed away. Boy, what episode would that be? Boy, I guess it would have been her first appearance on the show. Okay, because I know she was her ma- his mom on the Christmas episode. Yeah. Oh, then it was her second appearance, but it must have been for the Mother's Day episode uh, of the show, okay. too. Not, what are you talking about? What are you- <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> and Deep Impact, I was there. And Armageddon, first day. You know, maybe Deep Impact is the better. No, I don't think it is. No, it's, no, they're both bad. Armageddon is at least stupid and fun. Like, yeah. you at least get, like, the bombast. The last tolerable Michael Bay movie, I'm guessing. <laughs> Is, is Armageddon the one where the people like melt in the lava? That's uh, one of two volcano movies. Yes. So you're thinking of uh, Saint Volcano and uh, not Saint Elmo's Fire. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dante's Peak. Yes. There you thank go. You, yeah. I think it's uh, one of the two. Weigh in in the comments, please. <laughs> uh, I remember in Dante's Peak, an old lady sacrifices herself to push a boat through a lake of acid, mm. and uh, her bottom half is gone by the time she gets everybody to Cool. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, but no, D- Deep Impact beat Armageddon to the box office. It uh, it was made faster and cheaper. But so. did it have a proprietary Aerosmith song? No. It did not. No. no. What Deep Impact did have was MSNBC tie-in and ads Uh, well because msnbc was recently new then right microsoft nbc yep yeah that's what it stands for they were going to finally bring news to the internet and everything was great after that like i believe someone works at msnbc in the movie and at the time msnbc got a lot of crap for like selling out and putting their stuff in movies where now every freaking anchor from cnn is in movies wolf blitzer's a movie star more than he is a news anchor i think uh like anderson cooper appears 
appears in multiple. If it's a Warner Brothers film, CNN anchors appear in it, and they're like, "Well, Bruce Wayne, what do you have to say?" Uh, about right. It? It's like instead of using like a fake anchor, it's like here's actual news anchors. <laughs> here's what you came to the movies for. Or also like, what does Neil deGrasse Tyson think of Superman? Previously, they would like have Jay Leno do a monologue joke in the movie, and that was <laughs> as far as they would go. But now they have real news people giving fake news stories. <laughs> you hear about President Johnson? Today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Deep Impact, while speaking fictional presidents, Deep Impact was also controversial at the time Uh, for having Morgan Morgan Freeman Freeman play the president to just like, a black president? What? No way. Also, the thing with Deep Impact is it has too many, it's actually a lot like Akira. There's too many stories in it. It's just, it's an ensemble piece about the end of the world. It predicted a black president. I hope it actually predicts a meteor that will kill us all. (laughs) I'm hoping for that. Uh, Well, actually, in that movie, uh, they prevent the biggest meteor and a smaller meteor Meteor hits it only wipes out like the eastern seaboard. Mm, kind of. eh, we don't need it anymore. Taylioni drowns in it. If you want to watch Taylioni drown, and Elijah Wood survive. Uh, Mrs. David Duchovny. Well, I don't think they're together anymore. Well, the former Mrs. Duchovny. Sure. Anyways, we're enough about this. Maddie Cop is here. Yes, uh, she is one of our artists for the Talking Woo. Simpsons Network. She's done all of the art on our Patreon except for the header art, and she's also the artist behind our covers for What a Cartoon and Talking Futurama, and yeah. also Talking of the Hill. That's right. And we're recording this way advance five months before you hear it and this is actually the first recording we're doing of a mike scully episode wow yes <laughs> because maddie is leaving for japan and she wanted to do this episode so maddie what is your connection with lost or lisa so for simpsons in general i was born in 91 so i mm. didn't you know i'm not a day one viewer it was impossible <laughs> but uh, but i definitely watched it a lot as a kid and it was one of the few shows that my family would actually like sit down and watch together i actually have like memories of that starting probably around like season seven or eight and and the reason I wanted to do Lost Our Lisa is I am part of the pro-dad po- propaganda. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> this podcast is too anti-dad. Well, anti-dad. I, I, <laughs> anti-boss. <laughs> I came on here to, um, I am, well, I'm just really lucky because I have a wonderful dad. Mm. Um, he raised, basically raised me and my two sisters on his own and he's just amazing. And so any of the episodes of The Simpsons that have Lisa and Homer bonding are really special to me. I think in probably in a similar way that you guys like a lot of the Marge Bart episodes. <laughs> what are you saying about us? You guys are mama's boys and I'm a daddy's girl. I've heard of deadbeat dads, but good beat dads. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just, I, I love this episode a lot just because it has, you know, Homer throughout the whole thing is kind of doing really stupid, crazy things because he's worried about Lisa. And it's, it, I, I just love the fact that even though Homer and Lisa are really different, Homer still obviously loves her and tries to do what he can for her, even yeah. though he doesn't necessarily necessarily understand her even though henry and i are mama's boys apparently uh <laughs> no i'm self-admitted a mama's boy i like the episodes where they have common ground together this is definitely one of them it's very sweet when they can find some common ground to share yeah and i i think the writers find a lot of fun places to take homer lisa and touching ones too because i think you know they bring a lot of their own relationships with their daughters and especially in like well mike scully has like five daughters i believe yeah. so he has a ton of material to bring to lisa ones like lisa's rival was his first episode he wrote of the show so he tends to add female guest characters female girl guest characters mm-hmm. little girls he's very good at that i think and this you know they don't sell out homer too much in this is 
being, he's mostly just a good dad. There's not too many one jokes of, about him being mean. One of his most painful moments to date yes. in our run of the show so far. It beats the gorge, I think, in terms of pain. Yeah. Although well, he's not injured realistically like he is in the gorge accident. Well, that's the difference. The gorge one ends an episode and they're like, well, he's in traction for the next year or yeah. something, which obviously is not what happens. And he's fine the next episode. But in this one, they're like, he's fine the next seed. And the tire track's even gone. He is Wiley Coyote now. <laughs> yes. He's become Wiley Coyote. So the story behind this episode is based on the commentary. Uh, guess what? It was written by Brian Scully, mm-hmm. brother of Mike Scully. How'd he get that job? <laughs> New writer alert. It's, gotta, it's Brian Scully's first right. one. You got to know somebody, I guess. But uh, and He's his older brother, too. Yeah, yeah. I believe the story behind this was that Mike lived in uh, East Spring field and springfield was the big city springfield massachusetts i believe yep. and his brother got to go when he was forbidden as a kid <laughs> and he was so jealous that his brother got to go alone to the big city of springfield massachusetts and this episode is basically like what would have happened if everything went wrong instead of just a boring bus trip went for his brother into the big city what if everything went wrong for it i like you know it's it's a, it's also so many great simpsons episodes come from this really happened to me let's tell more of a story like they i like when they can base it on life experience these days i am just a little tired of seeing simpsons ones that are like well i saw a movie what if we satirize that movie it's it's it feels better when it comes from a real place i think mike scully did that a lot more i mean brian scully too is like his this he had joined the staff along along with mike scully's wife and he was on out of this world with mike scully that terrible alien sitcom so i guess he started at the same place as mike and he wrote for Yakov Smirnoff as well. So they, they pretty much follow one to the other into their comedy world. I mean, so, I, but it wouldn't be fair. We've made fun of all the Harvard guys hiring other Harvard guys. We should mention, yeah, that Mike Scully hired his brother and his wife to write for the show. And I guess he went on to write for Family Guy. He's still on He's Family He's still on Family Guy, Guy. At okay. 65, he's wow. still a consulting really? producer wow. on Family Guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah he, he worked on Family Guy way along in The Simpsons. He wrote only one other full script and he's credited on another like I think a treehouse as well but otherwise Scully just worked on that and then kind of went he went to the Drew Carey show to 2004 also worked on Mike Scully's uh, Complete Savages as well uh, Mel Gibson produced Complete Savages yes yeah yep <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> and, then a- and then after that when Family Guy came back he got started working on Family Guy we'll talk quite a lot about Mel Gibson actually kind of soon Ooh, I think Beyond Blunderdome is coming up right yep yeah <laughs> Oof. Uh, that's our new Armin Tamzarian is the fear of like Mel Gibson's <laughs> That will kill coming. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to kill us. But I think Brian Scully did a really good job on this episode. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, he also, they have a really great writing team under Scully, is Mike Scully as well. I mean, we tend to think of Scully episodes as being the Captain Wacky episodes that are way over the top. This is very low key for a Mike Scully episode of Except this vintage. Except for Homer's head being crushed. Yes. That's there are the some, one. there are some Captain Wacky adventures, but still it stays very grounded outside of that one little uh, kind of set piece and uh, i think too this is a sweet episode it, i now it touches me as somebody who was afraid of riding public transit the first time i was like when i first moved to berkeley california where i've now lived for 13 years the idea of riding a bus i was a bit like least like oh boy i'm with the i'm with the regular folks riding the bus <laughs> but 
But I also got scared because I was like, what is this bus route? None of this makes yeah. sense. There's no easy signage here. Am I lost? If you come from the suburbs, at least my neck of the woods, people would put that fear in you of riding mm. mass transit. And then when I go back home and you tell people, yeah, I don't have a car. I ride the train. Oh, I could never ride a train. <laughs> I could never do that. It's like, it's pretty easy. You just sit down on a train and it takes you where you need to go. Self-explanatory. Yeah, there's a, just a lot of fear of public transit yeah. in America, too, I think. I mean, where you're moving, it's pretty awesome, Maddie, the yeah. public transit is. Yeah, I'm excited to not have to drive. I felt more comfortable on a Japanese bus than I did on most American buses. Whenever yeah, it's definitely, it's harder to get your license in Japan than it is here. I've and heard so, it costs a lot of money, too. Yeah, and I think you also might be required to go to driver's school, but mm. it's definitely harder so the people who have their license can drive better. And, like, I've been to Japan before in the countryside, and there's, like, there'll be, like, one-lane roads with, like, cars driving on both sides. <laughs> but, like, you're not really scared because everyone knows what they're doing. So. <laughs> well, that's good. This episode, two starts out with a real like another feels like ripped from kid life of just like boy the getting to have a weekday to yourself Mm. during the school year is just like a dream and how bizarre the world is hey bart what's your favorite thing about teachers conference day Hmm. i guess that we don't have to go to school wow mine too (laughs) the world is completely different on a weekday morning banks are open old people are walking the streets with impunity and look barney's not even drunk yet (laughs) morning boys Can't stop the chat. Time is money. (laughs) Morning, Barney. You know what makes it even sweeter? While we're out having fun and walking around like crazy, those teachers (laughs) are cooped up in school like morons. (laughs) Mm, Here we go again. Homer does make it into work, though, despite staying yeah. at Moe's in the morning. <laughs> That's one of my favorite underrated jokes in there, that Homer is at Moe's before the town drunk gets there. Yeah. Right. It's, so, there. it's very subtle. <laughs> I think this explains why Homer is such in a deep sleep when he appears yeah. later in the episode. That'll make anybody sleepy, as Carl said. <laughs> Uh, and and the idea that Barney is uh, it's it is kind of a repeated gag because at the New York versus Homer Simpson they also get there and Barney comes out of the bathroom there having like showered so we have seen other like Barney arrives at Moe's jokes this season but I do like how well well kept he, he is. looks very yeah, aristocratic what, like, what is he why is he in a suit like he like went home and slept and changed into a suit to come to the bar combed his hair back there's a watch fob as well. He's professional alcoholic <laughs> uh, and having fun and walking around like crazy i love walking that. around like crazy yeah it's also weird the cut to the teachers it's it's a difficult visual gag because you're supposed to think they're yeah. somewhere boring and then it's it's actually a roller coaster the it's hard to disguise funny, yeah. yeah i mean i assume the writer thought oh the artist can make this work and then <laughs> someone had to sit down and be like how do i make a roller coaster look like desks for two seconds <laughs> and then they get to bring glass bottles bottles of beer on the roller coaster yeah. that they're just holding like that seems dangerous i don't think must be an itchy and scratchy land or something <laughs> i i like that they even stuck in a like uh seems like from the record from yeah a, a saved skinner right 
<laughs> because his mouth doesn't say Skinner. Right. He's just probably thrown just in. like yelling and then they're like, ah, we'll just slap this in here. That's what he says. He says Skinner. <laughs> when they That's go, all he says. I like that he's still, even on the roller coaster, he's still like, I'm still mad at you, Skinner. And then they invited Willie on there, which is like, that's pretty nice of them. They don't let him. The roller coaster is for teachers, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that, uh, you know, me and you, Bob, we've been work from homers for two years now. Like the joys that Bart has experienced are, are pretty mundane to us. Now. Yeah. Like I love knowing what peak coffee hours are and what peak grocery store hours are and peak laundry hours. You know, the best times to go to the places you need to go. It's so mm-hmm. good. And banks, you don't have to wait in line at the post office or banks. You're just like, well, it's open. Yeah. It's, and then no one else is in line except for other people who don't have normal jobs or homeless people. It's one of those two. <laughs> a lot, like a call, lot of old people. A lot yeah. of old people. Lots of old people. You see the oldest people you've ever seen in your life. I, I remember <laughs> when I worked at a grocery store, it was kind of like a, it wasn't like in the main city, it was kind of on the outskirts. And like, sometimes you would see like the same old people just like come in three times a day. Yes. Oh, wow. Same. Yeah. Actually, when I worked at a grocery store, it was like the bar for old people. <laughs> they would just come in and get a coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah just like buy like, like one apple at a time. Or like a lottery ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, at the video, mom and pop video store I worked at, there were definitely regulars, but they only would come in once a day. And I think, I mean, they were definitely like, uh, there was a tinge of loneliness to it, but they were nice to hang out with. I didn't, I didn't like pity them or anything. Mm-hmm. They were, they were nice enough. There weren't any, and there weren't any annoying. Well, no, there was one annoying regular, but he stopped showing up after he got scared of a dog. But that's a whole <laughs> other story. I'll save for another day. <laughs> um, so they go to the joke shop. Did, did did you guys go to joke shops as a kid? Any? Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, the closest thing was Spencer's gifts. See, yeah, the yeah. Spencer's killed the mom and pop joke shop. Yeah, I think I've only ever been to some like when I've been on vacation some places. Mm. Like they'll, I think I might have gone to one like in Seattle or something. They'll just because they'll just like be there and you're like, why? Why does this exist? Why is this here? Yeah. And then you look in at all this stuff and and it's like you don't buy anything. Well, it's a novelty. Yeah, they're yeah, all novelty. novelty yeah, it's like oh yeah. look at this stuff. It exists, but I don't need any of it. Well, we were just at Disneyland and there's a magic shop and it made me realize like magic is just jokes. Magic is just <laughs> practical <laughs> jokes. So there's magic tricks that you can buy there and also practical joke things. So magic is all humor. Well, yeah, I mean, I had this, oh man, I had this whole conversation with my dad the other day about like, why is humor funny? And it's all about basically subverting expectations. Yeah, surprise. And, uh, you know, like kind of, I mean, like even like going from like fear or anxiety to relief is also kind of the basis of yeah. some forms of humor. So. That makes sense. Well, at that Disneyland magic shop, Steve Martin famously worked yeah, there as I well. Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah. Fun fact. That's, all, that's the only fun that's fact the only reason about you go there. Yeah, it's, it's like, hey. 40 years ago, Steve Martin was right in this area. I so think, we're, yeah, I think he came back for one of the anniversaries once. He's in, he does a video package that they show at the at the Lincoln thing. There's a history of Disneyland that he hosts and ah. he mentions it in it. Now, man, what it must be like to work the register there and just like 800 times a day is people walking you know in Steve saying Martin like, here? hey, you know Steve, Steve Martin, Martin worked here? here? Steve Martin worked here. Hey, oh, did you ever meet Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Like they, and you go, well, I, excuse me. <laughs> I, you know, I think I did a couple times as a kid get to go to a real novelty shop, not a, not a Spencer's Gifts types thing. And it was amazing to me as a kid, just like it was for Bart and Millhouse in this, because I just loved the tricks of it. Like, I got tricked. I remember the big trick that got me the first time I was there was 
it was a novelty, seemingly a novelty slot machine. You pull it and the thing's going to spin. It is actually uh, shoots water in your face when you pull down the thing because <laughs> you're staring right at it. So a pretty good trick. So you got millhoused. Yeah, I did get millhoused. <laughs> have you ever, well, so, okay, speaking of millhouse, have you ever actually used those x-ray glasses before? No. no. So what, I guess what the thing is, because I've used a pair, like one of the pair from one of those old magazines and you could order them from the back. And it, there's some kind of light trick that it makes it look like you can see the bones in your hand when you wear uh, them. Okay. So it's like some sort of illusion, and that's but that's what it does. It's like you can look at your hand and you're like, oh, I can see <laughs> my bones, but not really. But and just that's, your that's, hand. That's about yeah, okay. pretty much. <laughs> see, that's why those things work better if they're sold through the back of a comic book because right. you have to buy just based on the pitch. If you can put it on your eyes, then you know they don't work. So. I can see that classic stock comic book art of the guy looking at his hand and there's like lightning bolts coming out of his head or something like that <laughs> oh, or like just coming Amazing. out of the glasses yeah uh so i did buy two things of my own at one of those novelty shops uh, they are my parents parents shouldn't let their kids buy stuff at it because you get bored with them the second day you're just out of throw it out store. the car on the way home uh so one was my own slot machine that actually did work and uh-huh. i just loved watching that which uh what and are then they the- teaching you kids <laughs> well and then the other was a sherlock holmes hat which oh. uh, the deer hunter hat or whatever you'd call it but you solve uh, any mysteries uh no but i did like to imagine i, I mean i was reading a lot of encyclopedia brown then i was like i could solve mysteries and you i solved the mystery of their return policy <laughs> there was none <laughs> yes no it was fun to have though it was just uh it's it's a uh, conversation hat is uh, not unlike oh colors. right it's yeah. the conversation hat that's right <laughs> i love millhouse's earnestness of giving him his prescription too he's like oh i believe here's my prescription to i would think he probably charged him triple then for his prescription x-ray glasses so Bart instead decides to invest his money on something to make his face funnier. I don't think my face is as hilarious as it could be. What can you show me in a nose or forehead accessory? Whoa, looking sharp. Well, thanks, Governor. If you put dog dew on the suction cups, they'll stick better. Millhouse, I'm not going to take dog dew that's been on the dirty ground and put it on my face. I have a better idea. So is that where Bart buys his chin putty? I I would bet so. And his, his chin putty supplier <laughs> and his little bastard uh, secret agent kit, general too. mischief kit. Duh, there yeah. are several little bastard kits in this. Uh, yeah, show. That, but, or it also Clock must, tampering kit. Yeah. Oh, and I bet it's also where Millhouse buys his uh, Baron von disguise <laughs> right. outfit too. Leave that to the Baron and me. I <laughs> uh, and though it's it's weird that the Charles Bronson guy runs that place. Yeah. But, but that's how this feels very much like the experiences of the dorks who write comedy that they went to these stores a ton as a kid. And I mean, these are the Pee Wee's big adventure movie. Also I has was just thinking of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's let's... like kids of the sixties had all these things in their, in their lives, these magic stores, I think in a greater supply. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the big businesses really did. That has to be like, now we just go to Walmart's magic department <laughs> and get all my magic supplies. I mean, there has to be no no profit margin on running one of those no. things. The, the only reason you run it is if you're like a former ventriloquist who loves those things. The, his disappointment is it all just falls off your face. Like that suction cups as a kid, they do they mostly suck. They're not very good. Uh, though the glue, I never glued anything to my face as a kid, though. I did like playing with Elmer's glue and like gluing it to my hand and then peeling it off as a kid. If I was bored, I'd do that. I get a lot of anxiety when I have super glue. Just like I don't Uh, want it to touch my face or my skin. I I get worried about it too. Well, now 
we've upped to the most recent time we didn't buy super glue we bought gorilla, gorilla glue. glue bam yes. i knew it was coming <laughs> it's the new cool thing in glue <laughs> it's the only way to stop a gorilla <laughs> uh, put down a slick of gorilla glue <laughs> stop him in his tracks yeah <laughs> it's i don't i it's don't, crazy <laughs> it's been around for a while but i feel like only recently have i heard like it be the comedy glue people bring up. Like they it's use got that glue. comedy alliteration and a monkey in it. Yeah. It's the perfect comedy <laughs> prop, Gorilla Glue. It's ama- it should be right next to the Gorilla's Choice Banana. Yeah. <laughs> when they check with Homer about the drawer, in the drawer is his handgun. Apparently that's a drawing from the Cartridge family or a yeah. layout from the Cartridge family they reuse, which is why the oh, gun is there. Pete Michaels directed both of them. Uh, so, yeah, I was I th- like, I've got a drawer somewhere around here. I can <laughs> pop in there. And Mike Scully just laughed at the uh, the the implication is that he he lied to Marge again and just either <laughs> stole the gun from her or bought a new gun of the same model. <laughs> but either way, that he just has a loose gun in that drawer that that makes it when he rips the bottom out of the drawer even scarier. Like a <laughs> yeah. loaded gun just fell out of the ground. Homer. <laughs> that he just hands his kids super powerful glue as well. Like turn a bond glue. And I love just the animation of like Bart punching Homer in the Oh, it has yeah. well, the sound effect is really funny yeah. too. It's and just how he just won't wake up, or he when he was finally wakes up, he even turns on his console. He just had it <laughs> completely off. And uh, and I and like I said, it's because he's drunk. He got drunk before work. <laughs> and uh, so yes, once once Bart goes gets the glue, then we get to see what Lisa is doing today. This exhibit is a once in a lifetime event. It's the first time these Egyptian artifacts have been allowed out of England. Just let me put some film in the camera and then we'll hop in the car. You can get a picture of your mummy with a mummy. <laughs> Whoops. There goes Carl's bad caverns. Oh well. Oh, I can't wait. In just 20 minutes, we'll be in a three hour line to see the orb of Isis. Uh-oh. Ta da! Notice anything new? Bart, what have I told you about throwing money away at that joke shop? Try and cut back a little? Mm, take those silly things off. <laughs> it won't come off. Lisa is a huge fan of ISIS, revealed in this yeah. episode. <laughs> ISIS Before meant, it was cool. Uh, yeah. ISIS meant a very different thing. We had this with our Archer podcast on yeah. our cartoon, too. It's just, ISIS was just a goddess you talked about. Yeah. It's just a funny yeah. thing. Well, not funny. It's just, it, was so, it was so awful when, like, the terrorist group started becoming big. And, like, the people who were named ISIS, it was just oh, like, oh, great, this yeah. is my name now. Oh, that's sad. Well, they've rebranded, so I think ISIS will come back as a cool thing you can name stuff. I, I hope so. It's going to take like 10 years or something, I think. The uh, I I also like, there's a couple like quick lines that go by there of like Lisa One saying like, this is the first time they've come out of England, which I feel like that is a yeah. reference to the them being stolen in a colonial sense. Like they were stolen from Egypt, their Egyptian culture, but it's England that gets to choose who sees it. Uh, and then on top of that, too, like tw- in 20 minutes, we'll be in a three hour line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be. Lisa's is kind of a nerd to be excited about the line. There wasn't a long line when we see it later, though, I think. Homer cuts the line. Oh, yeah, you're Homer right. Just runs no by wonder. It. Yeah. Okay. There was a line. I apologize. <laughs> and uh, I like I like how long Marge pulls on his neck. It's like 20 yeah. seconds. It feels like. like <laughs> And oh, yeah, I like the bit too that Bart when he when he first talks with the giant teeth in his mouth, he says, "Thank you, Governor." I feel like is that meant that his <laughs> oh. big teeth are British teeth? Mm-hmm. I think so. Teeth. Yeah, he belongs in the big book of British smiles. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, just the way he sheepishly looks at Marge too, just like eh, to try to cut back. 
And they had to redraw the mouth charts too for him yeah. to have the, the giant the teeth in his special mouth. I like the, the mix of things a toucan nose, a faucet, the giant bolts. teeth, and Frankenstein bolts. Marge finds out that he's got a turnabond in it, which in case of ingestion can salt a mortician. <laughs> That's great. Bart says he didn't eat any of it, but to glue those teeth inside yeah. your mouth, you're getting pretty close to eating it, Bart. Uh, I think you you are. That means later on his gum sweat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. So the danger of eating glue, people, is that, uh, especially super strong glue, is that it will glue up your intestine and cause a blockage oh. that will, oh. like... Uh, Cause a lot of problems, and you that's need why you have to drink some solvent. <laughs> That'll speed things. That's yeah. like that's like bringing in the gorillas to kill all the lizards. <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons will be right back. Don't make us tap the sign on this week's podcast because our good buddy Maddie really helped us out as our guest this week. Thanks so much to Maddie Cop for showing up. Be sure to follow her Twitter account for the letter O, that's Raspberry, for tons of cool art and uh, stuff that she's doing in Japan right now. Awesome friend of the show. Thanks so much again, Maddie. And did you know that Maddie did a lot of the art for our different tiers on our Patreon? Sounds like you should check that out at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. If you sign up at the $5 a month level, not only do you support me and Bob doing this full time and making tons of cool Simpsons podcasts and also funding things like our upcoming trip to Los Angeles to record with more cool people in person but you'll also get access to every episode of Talking Simpsons one week ahead of time and ad free you could hear next week's Natural Born Kissers right now if you sign up and you'll get the same week ahead of time and ad free for our What a Cartoon podcast the sister podcast to Talking Simpsons where we cover a different anime series each week and that is only the start you get access to dozens of patreon exclusive podcasts we have done mini series for the first season of futurama the first season of king of the hill the entire series of the critic plus over 20 interviews with folks who have worked on the simpsons some as early as the first shorts on tracy ullman you'll get so 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 very much and tons more to come too if you sign up at one more time five dollars a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons! If you'd like to join what the Egyptians call a premium tier on the Patreon, you should head over to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and either upgrade your current pledge or just start doing a $10 pledge a month because you will get to hear our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast. Me and Bob, once a month, do an exclusive only for $10 and up people podcast where we talk about a different feature film once a month. Our most recent one was Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Vacation where we dig deep into the history of Tiny Toons and how that show came to be, and then talk for three and a half hours total about the direct-to-video classic, How I Spent My Vacation. And that's just the most recent one. Other ones we did are Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, a Goofy movie, Aladdin, The Secret of Nim, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and more coming next month, too. You'll get to hear all of those only if you upgrade to the $10 level. One more time, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons.
so Bart has ruined the day for Lisa. In case of accidental ingestion, consult a mortician. Oh my goodness! Mom, I didn't eat any of it. I'm not stupid. We've got to get you to a doctor right away. Ow, 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 ow. Wait, you promised to take me to the museum. I know, honey, but this is a very unusual situation. At least it would be for most families. <laughs> what if I took a bus? A bus? Alone? Absolutely not. It's just too dangerous for an eight-year-old. In a few years, when you're old enough to drive, then you can take a bus. <laughs> it's the last day of the ISIS exhibit. Well, you should have thought of that before I glued all this stuff to my face. <laughs> <laughs> I like he he has a bunch of crap on his face, and he still also has to stick out his tongue. tongue yeah. <laughs> uh, and even Marge recognizing, like, this happens a lot to us, doesn't it? Like it, would she, be, it would be for most families. <laughs> and then poor, and then Marge, it's a very nice, like, lame mom thing to Marge say, like, when, you, when you're old enough to drive, then you can take a bus. <laughs> a nice bit of overprotectiveness there. And though Lisa learned the right lesson from Bart here, it's that you... Do a bad thing and ask for forgiveness, not be a lame-o and ask for permission, permission from yeah. your parents. Mm-hmm. Bart gets away with everything because he doesn't ask for permission. He just does it. And so it's fun to see like Lisa be this crafty here and figure out a way to... Uh, I mean, this also feels like a very... like Mike Scully, one of his best qualities, I think, as a writer on the show and as a showrunner, as, as a parent, he knows how children use the parents against each other and right. like he does in this case here well and to just lisa's manipulation of oh well i could take a limousine two hundred dollars um and it, it's funny because you know she she obviously like cares enough to that that homer knows that she's going to the museum but she also wants to go so badly that you know, she'll she'll be crafty and find a way that she can go. <laughs> and he gets to use. I I love a good joke about like, well, what did your other what did the other parents say? Um, you know, they <laughs> said it's always about you go to the as in in my two parent household. It was like, well, a yes from dad is not anything. Like I need it's it's mom who is the she's got to turn the key on this. She's my direct report on these things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a very funny moment that's underplayed. There's not even a beat in the moment <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. in which Lisa tells Homer Bart in the emergency room and there's not even like Homer stopping or any sort of lingering on the scene he just does not acknowledge the fact that Bart is in the <laughs> yeah. emergency room well, I, just, I love just too it's it's Lisa Lisa goes dad and then Homer goes who is this <laughs> it's Lisa oh yeah 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 God, no, this, I forgot this, about that part this whole sequence is just such great writing and then acting too like Yardley doesn't normally get to do these many funny things for such a long scene and get to play them off of Dan who's just such a funny guy too this, this is a little bit of a long clip, but I, I just love every second of it here. Hey, what? Hey, bro. Hey, you, you. <laughs> Hello? Dad? Who is this? <laughs> it's Lisa. I just called to tell you how much I love you, and can I take the bus to the museum? Museum? Mm, I don't like the sound of that. What did your mother say? Um, I wasn't 100% clear on that. She said something, but she was kind of in a rush to get Bart to the emergency room. Hmm, so you want to take the bus, huh? (laughs) I don't know, that's a pretty big decision. Well, if it would put your mind at ease, I could take a limousine. Although that would cost $200. $200? (laughs) Oh, isn't there any other way? Hmm, I guess I could take the bus if you think that's a better idea. Frankly, I do. I know you had your heart set on a limo, but sometimes daddies have to say no, honey. I'm afraid you're going to have to take the bus. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, it's funny too because at the beginning Homer's problem isn't the bus; it's the museum. museum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. Uh, but she does trick him into thinking he's being a good father. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, Daddy's got to say no sometimes, <laughs> sweetie. And I love how good the, the acting on Yardley of like her performed like. <sighs> Yeah, well, well, and too with the animation, because she's like smiling through the whole thing. So it's really, it's really fun. And Homer, too, yeah, his reaction, like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Lisa is so excited. She hangs up on him while he says, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> like him being very sweet. I think he's got to see that orb. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, his, her dad will be there anytime. And that, uh, God, he's just like, oh, $200. And <laughs> just is like, frankly, I do. Yeah, he, he thinks he's, he's like outwitted her. <laughs> and when he's woken up the second time, he's kind of saying the things he said when Bart and Milhouse woke him up, except sleepy. He's like, what? <laughs> like he didn't, he can't even tell them all, you can't fire me, I quit. <laughs> he doesn't have the energy for it. That was so fun. Never get along. You rarely get along scene like that for Yardley. So then Lisa's going to take the bus. She's very proud of herself and gets to say, like, it's the, the ride of choice for the poor and very poor alike. <laughs> I had a lot of these big boy moments when I moved out to this mm-hmm. city, moving to a big city for the first time in my late 20s, like, I am riding on a train. Ooh. <laughs> or like, I'm in the big city walking around. <laughs> you can see why. Uh, I'm at a bodega. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> dusty. You can see why bad essay do write about that for yeah. the first time. Like, my first time riding a bus. It's like, everybody does this all the time. Like, you're not... But I felt very proud of myself then for doing it, too, that I could have talked myself into thinking, like, people want to read an article about what it was like for me riding a bus the first time. <laughs> and uh, behind Lisa, he does not speak, So, but this is the last on-screen appearance by Lionel Hutz. Yes, he oh. he's already said his last word, but this Phil is his final un- on-screen appearance. Hartman, not dead yet, right? We are ten days away. Oh my god! De- no, eighteen days. We could have saved days. him. I know. <laughs> Leave the house, Phil. Please. I don't want to bring down everybody. I know. Yes, he he actually uh, he yeah he dies ten days a- he dies on the twenty eighth, ten days after oh. the season finale. So not fair. <sighs> But hey, well, we'll we'll talk about that in uh, a mother Bart or Bart the mother. Bart the mother, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get extra sad. Then. We need a tribute episode to Phil Hartman at some point on this network. That's a good idea for the Patreon. <laughs> oh, but uh, but yes, that uh, we've heard Lionel Hutt say his final on-screen lines in Realty Bites. But yeah, he's he's one of the many uh, folks riding the bus. It makes me wonder if he had a line that got cut. Yeah, I was going to ask that, but you guys haven't watched. It's the not on. Scene. It's not on there. Well, I didn't double check the deleted scenes, but on the list of deleted scenes on the wikipedia it's not there okay. interesting i mean they could honestly be i sometimes i wonder if they don't have deleted scenes of phil hartman stuff if one because they didn't decide they they didn't want to have any deleted scenes or if it's seriously like a rights issue and they'd have to get his permission or his estate's permission i remember there being at least one for the boy who knew too much yeah that's true the lionel yeah. scene they cut and i remember actually i remember a storyboard scene with lionel in it as well yeah so okay probably isn't that but, uh, There's some very observational stuff on what it takes to find a seat on mass transit. And oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Larry. I'm sorry. It's just that on the school bus. <laughs> <laughs> May I sit there? Of course not, honey. <laughs> that seat's for my coin purse. <laughs> May I have that seat? Yes, if... <laughs> You can answer me these questions three. Mm. Question the first. Never mind. 
<laughs> I was just gonna say I love how how like Agnes has she puts down the coin purse so Lisa can't sit there and immediately takes it like back. takes it back. Yeah, <laughs> that that whole tapping the sign thing is one of the later memes I see referenced. Not not the latest meme I see referenced, mm. but one of the later ones. Yeah, like, and they change the text. But you can right, tell what right. it is. Larry, the bus driver, should have returned. Yeah. I, I think he's a, a worthy addition to the series. <laughs> but, he's uh, just so funny and how unfriendly he is. <laughs> People who put their bags on the seat next to them. I, I am outraged by tiny injustices I see all around me all the time. Possibly I get too mad at them. But I am like RoboCop when I see somebody doing that. It's like, that's where I'm sitting now. If I have to choose mm. a seat, it's going to be somewhere where there's a bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, excuse me, can I sit there? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It's like, it's like fine if there's a lot of open seats but when it's like yeah. a super packed bus and there's nowhere else to sit and there's some jerk who has their bag on the seat it's just like no yeah, yeah. or if somebody's coming back from the airport and they just have all of their bags all yeah. around them. Like, i've been that bag, guy they put their bag on the seat and then they fall asleep in the seat next to it it's like yeah i mean yes i've been the guy with a lot of bags on the train after a, a flight i feel awful the entire time i'm like oh, i'm so bad i have and then if if more people get on i will at least feel like hey i can put this on the outside outside seat and you can take the inside seat if you want i i try my best with that but yeah meanwhile it's the people who at rush hour try to like well no this is my laptop bag gotta put it to my side here like i think back when i was doing more transit during peak hours i would very uh, passive aggressively just not show the person's face but i would photograph their bag taking yeah, up the seat yeah. and tweet it out like oh this guy's got a pretty great bag huh it's the only way to dispel your rage <laughs> over that there's only so much you can do if anyone's listening don't do that please please just help don't be selfish and also if you're standing in front of a door but not getting off yet get out of the way of the yeah. door then get back on i'll tell you in japan they do it right yeah also, they know how to get off trains and get right, on trains right yeah that's another thing also uh if you're getting onto a train wait for everybody to get off yes before you get on I'll be like getting out of a mostly empty car and people will just be piling in like no this car is mostly empty you'll get <laughs> yeah. a seat please please roll. I just, implore you I think it's the people a lot of people when they come to San Francisco they there isn't public transit in basically any other city in America I start I, throwing elbows getting off a train like <laughs> I do I mean a couple of times I've been so mad I'm like hey th- if if somebody is about to step in front of me and then they have to step back for me to get off the train I'm like Thanks, I'll say. That's uh, that's me in my worst morning mood. I, I try not to be that mad. I'm but. glad we don't have that commute anymore. Oh, it was God, a murder. Yeah. And then, well, and then you're also in a worse mood because you know when your commute's over, you're at his job you don't like. Yeah. So. And then meanwhile, I think this is the most annoying comic book guy has ever been <laughs> by <laughs> quoting Monty Python. Like yeah. that's the ultimate. Him wearing his dungeon master t-shirt. Yep. Yeah. Wearing wearing his hat to the place too. It's though it's shocking to think he'd even like he would host dungeon mat his D things at his store wouldn't he well also this imagines that he has friends to play yeah. with, which i just don't believe that <laughs> no. either for comedy comic book guy but god quoting monty python this bothers me too because i was at, i at the time this episode aired i was still in that phase i think of quoting monty python i, I never saw the the show it's I, from the. This is from the uh, movie. Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've seen all the movies. I've never seen the show though. Yeah, this is from the Bridge Troll guy. But yeah, and the the show I watched. 
a little bit, but it was really the movies I watched a million times, and especially Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure I had every line of Holy Grail memorized once and all, at one time and also was a real snob to a friend who misquoted Holy Grail to me. I was <laughs> like, that's not the line. And and I think about that and I, I hate myself. <laughs> now, we are the new Monty Python fans by quoting The Simpsons all the time. It is true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so then we head through parts of Springfield we've never seen before, like Little Newark and Crackton, which has me near Junkieville and Bumtown. Industrial <laughs> Access Road. Army Proving Ground. Uh, airport Refueling Station. Yeah. Refueling Way. The uh, And they mentioned, too, at Crackton, it is a very conspicuous bum who's, like, leaning against That's it. That's got to be it's somebody. It's an animator. Yeah. It's an animator. He's uh, too well-defined. <laughs> every time you see it, like, they actually even laugh at that. Like, oh, is that conspicuously realistic-looking person? <laughs> an animator? Really? Wow. Who'd have thought? Uh, but, yes, yeah, so as Lisa gets this tour of Springfield... This is also the nightmare feeling on a bus of like, I'm on the wrong bus. When it yeah. hits you, the like, I got on the wrong bus. That is Yeah, the pit it's like of you already stomach. have that anxiety whenever you're, I, I remember like every time I would ride the bus, I would always think I missed my stop. And like, mm-hmm. and it's like, you have to like, you watch every stop and I'd like check the map over and over again. It's like, okay, I'm okay, I think. But <laughs> Well, I've been there too of like, I've fallen asleep on a BART train once all the way to the last stop. Oh, wow. And was told, and this was uh, the last ride on the last stop so i had to get a taxi pay 20 dollars to get home that was my fault for drinking two beers and getting slightly sleepy. <laughs> that's, that's just how is that is but uh but things are a little rougher for lisa here rural route nine i'll be proven ground um excuse me sir when does this bus get to the museum it doesn't oh but isn't this the 22 yeah monday wednesday friday Tuesday, Thursday is the 22A. 22A? Then where the heck am I? Don't make me tap the sign. Mm -hmm. But I'm lost and I need to know where... Last stop. End of the line. Should have got off and cracked in. That end of the line mm-hmm. zoom is much like the foster home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very similar. Same guy looking behind him driving something. It and it's it's a real ADR moment, but it works great for saying like, "But I'm lost," and I, I I definitely don't think that "Don't make me tap the sign" thing was in the original run. That was some recycled animation. That's a good really ADR good. line, though. It's, yeah, it's a good it, added joke. Perfectly. I just love that. Don't make me tap the sign. <laughs> uh, that's his. That's his ultimate threat there and also these these buses are really bad in springfield because you you don't have to get off at the last stop like it should be circling back around to take you back into the city right uh, i don't know unless it do? unless it's going like if it i mean bus bus runs only go for a certain amount of time and then they'll uh, go to like the whatever the bus depot yeah that's true so. all right so then yeah lisa's screwed she's Poor Lisa. I mean, she's dead. Like, she's not in Springfield anymore. She is, like, 40 miles outside yeah, of town I now. I don't know if there's, like, some law that bus drivers have a responsibility for children. I wonder. I mean, I have to say, like, this is a very surly bus driver, but bus drivers are real American heroes. They I salute quite them. quite a lot. Yeah. Yes. I, People on planes should clap for bus drivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bus driver man. People bus drivers have to deal with. And it's, they have so many lives in their hands all at once, like, and all the stress. Yeah, and, like, nobody, everybody hates buses when you're driving because the buses are always in your way. Yeah. 
and yeah, it's a rough and life. Do you have to deal with the surliest of passengers too? And just yeah, it's boy, I I feel bad for those guys. Yeah, and gals. So we come back. That's when we get to see the geese fight scene that we started the <laughs> podcast with the opening sound. I that's really good animation on the geese. Yeah. Fight <laughs> it really other. is. A lot of humans making geese noises, too. <laughs> it's just so funny that Lisa's just, like, screwed again. She's like, finally, my my smarts tells me which way is north, and then they just smash into each All other. All that bird camp did not pay off. <laughs> well, she can't help it. One of those sets of geese is confused, but she doesn't know which one. She can't control the birds yet. <laughs> it's just a great idea of, like, it's a good enough joke just to see two V formations flying right. in the wrong direction. Yeah. But then they didn't smash like... into each other and then have, like, a geese Fight. Geese are falling out of the sky. It's <laughs> Geese are horrifying, as we learn from regular shows. Yeah. They're very scary. Then we go quickly to the doctor's office where we get to hear about a plumbing explosion, which that's a pretty good <laughs> gag, too. Just that just that that's a normal term, like, no, it was a plumbing explosion. Like, you know, those things that happen, plumbing explosions. And Marge pointing out the faucet to Bart. <laughs> She's not freaked out by it. She's uh, just like, she, that gives as her As if right Bart now. would care, too. Yeah. yeah, that's just details your mom gives you when you're hanging like, out. Oh, I love that wallpaper. <laughs> Good, cool, Bob. Uh, yeah, and then Lisa also, as she's walking around, she goes to Area 51A. Yeah. Mike Scully in this episode, really good with the ADR because I, based on her mouth movement, she definitely didn't say, how can I get 50, uh, 22 with 22A mixed up? Because you need that setup for 51A to work as a joke if right. you're just coming in after the commercials. Okay, yeah. And uh, yeah, the location of this That's location like- is classified. classified. Great. Uh, you are not here. That's no king sign but uh i mean dan is just gonna be at playing like stupid military figures <laughs> yeah. that. but yes lisa then finds another person to help her oh this is good Good old cletus this might be cletus's lowest moment <laughs> to this point so in the far series, yeah stupid bus it can't even go to the stupid place it's supposed to stupid go yeah i seen it first Ooh, girl this is gonna have an elegant wedding feast <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, listen, I'm kind of lost. Do you think you could give me a lift downtown? Cletus, what are you beating your gums about? Uh, never you mind, Brandine. You just go back to birds and that baby. <laughs> yeah, I'll fetch you a ride, little missy. Hop on in. Mind the skunk. Them things can go off even after they's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they added that baby sound afterwards. <laughs> I it, think it really so, sells yeah. the whole the whole terror of the scene for me. Until there's a wet baby in the, in the car now <laughs> on the on the floor of the car of this pickup truck. I mean, too for the longest time until I was getting the sound effects. I thought that was Lisa screaming more. Like she, oh. when she got her mouth, it goes. I thought it's also going like, ah, but screaming through her closed mouth. But no, it's a baby. It's Brandine has given birth to that baby. But it's a, it's a great, it's a great gag. They also say on the commentary yeah. that originally in the pile of animals was like dead dogs. Puppies. So. Puppies. Yeah. They had to redo that one because they're like this. The other dead animals, fine. But dead dogs, no, that's, that's sad. That's like true George Meyer humor. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Especially, I, yeah, George Meyer in the commentary, I think, 
describes it as an especially cute puppy. Yeah. <laughs> George Meyer, you know, he's like another un- undersung hero in Mike Scully's time because he pretty much, it sounds from the description, he was almost a co-showrunner yeah. in power on the show. Like he, Mike Scully really leaned on him a lot creatively. All the power, none of the responsibility. Yes. Yeah. And I, though I think too, in this, in the, these years, the Scully years, George Meyer, he always pitched funny jokes in the room, but they animated more of them, even though they went to darker or crazier <laughs> or more scatological places like the impotence powder. I, that impotence oh, right. powder was almost a little too scatological yeah. for Simpsons. I thought. <laughs> Especially it wasn't just the idea of impotence powder, but that the guy had was holding his crotch ashamedly and turned away yeah. from the person. I was like, this is, this is weird for Simpsons. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't my favorite. Viagra was in the news. <laughs> oh God. I've never seen so many Viagra jokes in one half hour. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Cletus is at a low point here. It's this is one of my favorite commentaries that Yardley Smith is on too, because she's she is not just going like, "How'd you think of that?" She says Cletus is her favorite character, which oh, really? <laughs> well, I think she has. Uh, I mean, she basically played a Brandine type in uh, a Maximum, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. yeah. So when we get back to the doctor's office, this is where Hibbert saves the day. Young man, there's nothing funny about novelties. <laughs> I mean, they're humorous and all, but uh, this is certainly no laughing matter. (laughs) Can you help him, Doctor? Oh, my, yes. Why, if I had $75 for every novelty I've removed... Oh, by the way, I'll need to check for $75. Yes, I think a a series of painful injections directly into Bart's spine should get the job done. What happened? You didn't do anything. Oh, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing dissolves glue better than human sweat. I knew Bart would panic and start perspiring at the sight of this button applicator. (laughs) Couldn't you have just turned up the heat a little? Oh, heavens no. It had to be terror sweat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the authority with which he says terror sweat is really great. Yeah. Terror yeah. sweat. <laughs> we can't just make it hot. I mean, I think it said he prefers the fun of terror sweat to yeah. heat sweat. But uh, that... That violates the Hippocratic Oath, though. Uh, Hibbert's getting more evil by the episode, I think. he's not. He'll soon not be a very good doctor at all, I think. But the button applicator is a really well-designed thing because you can totally see the buttons in its first appearance, but it does just look like it's a bunch of needles. It's a cool prop. Mm-hmm. Very well designed, and also really good work by Pete Michaels and the animation team of the first person view of Bart being checked on mm. with the like uh, him being moved about with the faucet right in front of his eye line and the his big toucan nose. It was it was very well done. Yeah, I just I just love the buttons going on Bart's shirt. <laughs> it's just like such a cute little way to end it. And <laughs> seventy five dollars is a pretty good deductible. Yeah, I think. Uh, they, and uh, according to Google. Sweat is helpful in situations like these, but it's not that it dissolves it. It's that it basically just creates a layer between your skin and the glue. The glue doesn't do any dissolving when your sweat gets to it. It's just it creates a, a slippery layer of stuff in between your skin and the glue that loosens it. I feel like a lot of that stuff, you just kind of have to wait until like your skin like regrows and flakes <laughs> wait off. Wait seven years. <laughs> or rip it off, perhaps. That was, uh, well, that was actually a plot point in the 100th episode of Bob's Burgers, where Bob sits 
sits on a super glued toilet seat in a prank war from his kids. And at the end, they simply just rip his butt uh. off of it. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny bottle episode they do for their 100th episode where Bob is stuck in a to- on a toilet in the restaurant and people just come to him, all these characters mm. from across the series mm. history. Check out our What a Cartoon episode on Bob's Burgers. Then we go to the power plant and this season is really when Lenny and Carl come into their power. They're, They're superstars. They, they are... May, they are much bigger forces than they were even in season eight. Uh, Lenny and Carl are here. I saw this Carl line meme the other day when someone was obviously lying about something on Twitter and it was a screenshot like that never uh, happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's Did a it. good one. Yeah. I like that one. I mean, it's uh, also just Carl's desperation to tell people about his hat. He's like, aren't you going to ask me? Like, I've had that of like a new haircut or <laughs> but, something. But I love it. And then they ask him, he's like, oh, this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> You have to, well... Then you'd be you'd be too full of yourself. You're just like about time. You'd have to you have to act nonchalant. <laughs> oh come about on! It. So, uh, are you guys gonna ask me about my hat? Mm. Hey Carl, what's with the hat? Oh, what this thing? <laughs> I got it down at the museum. It's what the ancient Egyptians call a souvenir. My daughter's at that Egyptian dealer right now. <laughs> she wanted to take a limo, but I made her take the bus. You sent your little girl downtown on a bus? Alone? Maybe, but you don't know Lisa. I mean, she's so smart, they hooked her up to a big computer to try to teach it some things, but she had so much knowledge, it overloaded, and then it got really hot and caught on fire. (laughs) That never uh, happened, did it, Homer? Uh, Yes, but now I have to leave on a totally unrelated matter. (laughs) Uh, Lisa! <laughs> we got him throwing down his lunch tray instead of hearing the car drive away. Uh, just as we is, normally would. He just drops it on the ground and yells, Lisa. And so after coming into work drug, now Homer leaves in the middle of the day and just runs away. I, I do. I love his story about Lisa and the computer, though, because it's 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 a stupid person trying to explain what a smart person is. She's like, he's like, I know Lisa's smart, but I don't know what that means or what it means to be smart. So he has this whole computer about how she got hooked, this whole story about how she got hooked up to a computer. And though in a Dave Merkin season, that scene could have happened. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very much Homer being a little kid. Yes. Too. Yeah. It's a very like, and then it's just a child's <laughs> run on since. And then, and then, and just the Lenny and Carl have to be like, Homer, come on. And they finally it hits Homer how irresponsible it was to let a child go on a bus for no reason. This is then we cut to Lisa in Little <laughs> Russia, which, uh, you know, out of all possible ethnicity towns they went to, I'm glad they went to Russia. Well, no, Henry, ones. Russians are scarier than ever these days. Uh, yes, yeah. I, though it's also interesting that they they speak real Russian, apparently, ah. as translated by the aforementioned Yakov Smirnov. Oh, my God. For Mike Scully. Is he like, credited as, like, the language consultant for this episode? You no, know, I don't think it's in the credits. I think Scully just credits him in the commentary for it. He's, well, because they did, they wanted it to be exact. Like, mm. they they want, they, I, I'm glad when they care, because it annoys me occasionally when they just have gibberish said by other p- nationalities. And Scully wrote for his sitcom, right? His very short-lived sitcom. That was his first was TV what a, what a country was that I, what it was I called it, it had was. to be called what a country <laughs> what, i'm well, glad maddie's too young to know who this is yes, <laughs> yeah. or you've never been to branson missouri and seen his uh, stand-up showcase 
No. 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 But yeah, they, they really, but it's a, it is a funnily observed thing that to a non-native speaker, sometimes things can sound more hostile than they are actually in another language. Like, so it's a clever, uh, a clever observation, I guess, hmm. there. But uh, Russia Town, they even write, like, apparently it was the correct writing on stuff, too. In the, is it Cyrillic? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, also the Krav Kalash man is there. He's come all the way from Manhattan to move to... He's not Russian. <laughs> uh, yeah, that feels like they just pulled weird for, a weird <laughs> foreigner out of their pocket for an extra joke there. Lisa is at her, her wit's end here, and she's gonna call Homer. And I forgot this joke was in the episode. When it came out, I was like, oh, God, this is so funny. I, I love this gag. Oh, that's it. I give up. You have reached the office of Homer Simpson. If you are calling about the waterbed, please leave a detailed message. If you need... Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> He's selling a waterbed from his office. <laughs> Well, where did he get this? Oh, this is one of two times he's been told to get back to work in this episode by Mr. Burns. Oh, that's yeah. This is the first. Wow, yeah. Come, and it Burns has the interest to be like, get back to work. Like that could just be Smithers saying it, but it's funnier that it's Burns. I I like the hands onness of Burns, and uh, that's when they a woman, old lady, tries to sell Lisa a octopus as well. While she, <laughs> while she's in a uh, phone booth, which children will have no idea what those are. Honestly, I never lived anywhere where there was a phone booth either because I just lived in the suburbs when mm. they existed and by the time I got to a big city like they were gone by that point yeah there was like a period of time where they would try to change phone booths like into other things like they tried to make them like wi-fi spots for a while oh really uh, interesting. Huh. um yeah but didn't work out as fry says they're just bathrooms now <laughs> homer meanwhile is freaking out looking for lisa he runs into the museum and it's a it's a fun just a bunch of visual gags of homer running up the stairs just screaming lisa <laughs> cutting the line then coming out with merchandise yeah that pyramid shaped popsicle i kind of want one it of looks those. good <laughs> he eats it really fast i don't like i'm trying to decipher what it is made out of mm. by the way he eats it and the way it's shaped is very interesting i I'd assume like cherry ice or something. Yeah, that's, that's I was what thinking I, like I think at first when I saw, I thought it was like like more like a gelatin, but mm, I don't know. I, I could see that too. Sounds <laughs> good. I mean, gelatin bricks for a pyramid—that would make sense. Yes, Homer is looking for Lisa in all the wrong places. Oh, for God's sakes, my little girl is. <laughs> Hello, Homer. What's going on? Shouldn't you be at work? I am at work. This is what I do. Keep <laughs> it moving, Marge. This isn't a parking lot. I'm sorry. Shouldn't you be at work right now? Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Burns, sir. Well, then get back to wherever it is you work, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's uh, great reading, too. It's also the joke. And, and I, I just like the too. idea that Mr. Burns like says that to random people. Yeah, whoever you are. <laughs> he just wants people to get back to work, whatever they're doing. That's his natural response to people. And the God, Marge being so trusting, like, oh, all right. I guess yeah, well, I think do. part of it, too, is that if she is in the way, she doesn't want to be. So it's like, well, she's like, <laughs> Like, well, I better not think about this too long. I better get out of the way. And she's just coming back from a stressful doctor's visit. She just wants <laughs> to get home. I, I understand. We've all been there. And I want to take this the next gag about Wiggum as innocently as possible. It's just that I don't think it is like a trans phobic joke i didn't read is that it's just more of like wiggum is undercover and he chose to dress as a woman i mean this is one of multiple jokes that seem to imply wiggum is a cross-dresser yeah i mean those were still in fashion 
yes, uh, men yeah. in you know women's dress funny. Yeah, oh, it's hilarious, always funny. But I mean, it'll be revealed in uh, we know all your secrets that he walks uh, around in control top pantyhose. Okay. So it's I think it's just a running gag that he he likes to feel. It's a very finally Glenner, a chance to wear makeup. Yes, yeah, it's a very Glenner Glenda thing they're doing. Yeah. With, uh, with him, but I think it's. I think it's more he's a cross. I don't oh, know. an excuse I, to wear makeup. Yes, yeah, that's that's right. I don't want to put a. I I don't want to put a label on Wiggum, but uh, they're judging him, Henry. It's but I think his outfit is less even a very like Glenn or Glenda era. It thing. Is. It's like an Angora sweater too, like the kind of sweaters that Glenn really loves in Glenn or Glenda actually. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this is another like great joke. I really do love this gag with the balloons. Lisa, oh, this is no good. I've got to get up higher. Give me all your balloons. I hope this works. <laughs> These are for you if you let me use your cherry picker. Well, I've already got some balloons, but they're not this nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that joke has a lot of layers to it that yeah, I like. Yeah, the setup, yeah. the the reading of the lines are really funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just great. Well, like first you think Homer thinks he can fly with balloons. Then you think, oh, Homer thinks he can buy this cherry picker with balloons. And then it works. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out the guy already has balloons. <laughs> but, but they're not they're this not nice. nice. Yeah. It's like three or four layers deep, which I, I like that joke and a just lot. Just the way yeah. Homer Homer stands for like one second to make you think he thinks he's about to take off with those balloons. It's like a real Merkin style joke, I think. It's yeah. of the Merkin type. Uh the 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 only Slight negative I'll give on it is the balloons are they they don't move like balloons when they're no. handed off there they're more like lollipops yeah that are being hey you animate a balloon hey those those are some really nice balloons you're just not yeah. used to seeing balloons that no, nice that's true I, nice I, balloons I, don't move around that much Henry that's why they're too expensive uh, and that guy just gives up his cherry picker just to Homer in the middle of the day now I'm thinking of the Paul of Tompkins bit about elegant balloons elegant balloons <laughs> oh God. So good. Now I need elegant balloons for my party. So yeah, then you get to see how sad you get a real feel bad for Lisa here. She's just like, oh please, like nobody is helping her. Like this is. I think it's like nobody even looks down to see a three foot tall little girl asking for help. So you do feel really sad for her. it's very. It's it's a great moment when Homer sees her. Uh, though of course it's immediately undercut with him now being in far more trouble than she is, and his cherry picker just careening down multiple hills and the it's a the, fun like looney tune style set piece with all the stunts and pain it's so well first the the hilarious line of like him thinking like oh i'm gonna fall off the end of the pit and then he just crashes through the pier a great gag <laughs> on its own uh and then even the pause for him praying to superman that's yeah. so great the idea that he there's so many layers to that too that homer isn't praying to god <laughs> He's praying to Superman, who he thinks is real, real. <laughs> and that ho- that Superman listens to prayers instead of just saving people. Right? <laughs> That's a lot of a lot of layers to that. Then Lisa's able to save Homer, though apparently it sounds like she asked for something else. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman. You said to crush him, right? No! 
<laughs> That's a good no. I forgot about the cars driving over his head when I uh, was watching this again. Oh, God. That's why he has the tire track after. Yeah, yeah I forgot and The that yellow too. of his head perfectly intersects with the line. Right. It's so perfectly oh. drawn. Oh, God. Yeah. And just the the drawbridge worker is just like, you're the boss when a little <laughs> girl tells him to close it. And then that he was like, he thought she said to kill this man. Yeah. And also was in like... listen to anybody. It's like, no, you wanted me to kill a person, right? I did it. <laughs> like, no. And yes, this is a very Wiley e. Coyote moment. A real man would have his head ripped off by this at the very least. Like, yeah, or his neck broken. His head would just be crushed and he'd yeah, die instantly. The rest yeah. of this episode is so mellow. And then you get this yeah. moment to kind of balance it out. It really spikes here. <laughs> and uh, there's so many great animation moments to it, too, of like that the... The little shot of Homer so hopeful as the shadow of the bridge is closing on him. He's like, ooh. Like he's, <laughs> he's trying to plan how he's going to grab the drawbridge. The reveal of what happens is great, too. Yes, God. He's, Good job, Pete Michaels. Uh, yeah, all very well executed. Then Homer just says he's going to walk it off, which he does. He just, he is the tire track disappears from his head and he's fine. And then we, uh, Homer and Lisa are, have a really nice little moment between them here. There, Homer explains the philosophy that that is why he's a jerk ass. Like this explains why he thinks of no other people, but he, uh, usually in his actions, but him using it to tell Lisa to live life to the fullest is, a, I think, a really nice scene. I'll never take another stupid risk like that again. Don't ever say that. What? If I hadn't have taken a stupid risk with that cherry picker, I never would have found you. I guess. Stupid risks are what make life worth living. Now your mother, she's the steady type, and that's fine in small doses. But me, I'm a risk taker. That's why I have so many adventures. <gasps> Dad, you're headed for the river again. <laughs> <laughs> Feel your heart pumping a mile a minute? That's what my heart's doing all the time. Bet your left arm's tingling too, huh? <laughs> Dad, are you all right? I'm enjoying my life too much to care. And you should be too. So what would you like to do right now more than anything in the world? See the ISIS exhibit. But the museum's closed. Hmm, closed, eh? So getting in would be a pretty big risk. What do you say, honey? Feeling stupid? I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great line, feeling stupid. I, yeah, I, I wrote that one down. Yeah. What Homer doesn't take into account is when he lives life to the fullest is that he almost kills many people <laughs> yeah. most of the time. But this is how, I mean, the this is the philosophy that drives Frank Grimes to kill himself, too. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, I do like parts of his philosophy. I think I took a lot of risks over the past two years, and you too, Henry, did yeah, as well. And they all paid off. When you're living in the hell world, I think <laughs> uh, taking risks is more of a good proposition. Yeah, I think I think we tend to stay in bad positions because it's easy. Like if you're already stable, yeah. it's like, well, this sucks, but I'm here. I'm comfortable mm. with this pain. Yeah. <laughs> <and misery. laughs> so sometimes, sometimes you have to do something risky to make yourself uh, better off. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good, actually about quitting jobs like that. There's a good line in an episode of Steven universe where one of the characters is working a dead end job. She hates, but she's afraid to quit it. Cause she's like, but what else would I do? And you know, sometimes something can feel bad, but it's also familiar. So you keep doing it, but uh, don't worry guys. She quits the job at the end of the episode. It's much happier. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, That though the problem with Homer's philosophy as he executes it is that he often doesn't think about how he almost kills many people. <laughs> yeah. most. None of my risk involved uh, potential death. <laughs> like just alone in this episode when he 
parks on the curb, he could have hit somebody. When the cherry picker goes careening down the street, he easily could have run someone over or crashed into another car and killed somebody. Many times Homer almost kills other people. So maybe don't take risks that almost in that injure others or could risk that, but do, you know, have, have a more risk taking feeling in life. Sure. Sure. And also though, I love Lisa's reaction too of just like, Homer's telling her that he's almost having a heart attack most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so her reaction is just like, dad, are, are you okay? Like she, she really means that like, you're almost going to die. Yeah. Aren't you? <laughs> I think I remember watching this episode with my mom when it first aired and she was like, he's having a heart attack. <laughs> my mom is a nurse, by the way. <laughs> ah, I see. I, I think I had seen that in other cartoons that that was the, uh, the telltale signs of a heart attack. Right. Meanwhile, you get one last scene with Bart and March here, which I'm kind of glad they include this because I think a couple in a couple recent episodes, I was annoyed that Bart messed up Lisa's day and he doesn't even apologize or isn't meant to feel bad about it at all. And they just go on. They're just like, well, it's what Bart does. He ruins her day. Yeah. It could have ended with that last scene of the terror sweats. Yeah. Yeah. But instead we get to see Bart first give a phony apology, <laughs> then give a real one and then get mad. Lisa, we're home. Sorry about the museum. Hmm. You better go up and apologize. Oh, but my apologies always sound so forced. Do it! <laughs> hey, Lise, I'm sorry I ruined your Egyptian thing. We're still buds, right? Okay, be that way. Be a big, stupid jerk. <laughs> oh, you're not the jerk. I am. Forgive me? Oh, like you're Miss Perfect. <laughs> Mom, Lisa's making me feel bad. Stop it, Lisa. <laughs> shut her up. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. Yeah, Marge just forgets why Bart's up there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a great parental observation, too, of just like that you, I definitely have done that in, in my childhood, too, of just like my brother is making me mad. Mom, do something about it. And she's probably doing one of a hundred other things like, she had to do. You be nice to him. Yeah. And she just has to shout it from the other room. She's like, I'm not leaving this room. I have to finish this thing I'm doing. But stop it, Lisa. <laughs> like that. I, I like that a lot. And that Bart's like, Lisa's making me feel bad. <laughs> that shut her up. Uh, but it's a good representation, too, of how uh, shitty little boys can be because they, uh, a lot of them feel no guilt about anything and are mad that they even have to apologize. So uh, they capture that pretty well with Bart here, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's the, there's like that brief mode of, of sincerity where Bart actually feels bad. <laughs> but, then, but then since he thinks Lisa's ignoring him, he just gets mad again. It's a good gag, too. It's like, oh, did Bart actually learn a lesson? No. no. He, he <laughs> went not. back out of it. Yeah, then we get to the break-in, which is very Pink Panther and, like, rather silly, but uh, I like it. It's it's fun. It's that really fun. Homer has, gets to finally include Lisa on a wacky adventure instead of Bart, like it usually is. Though the way they break in is so, uh, it's like, they have to distribute their weight to create a ladder right. to go up this hanging very art clever. piece. Yeah. I assume Lisa helped with that. I would think so. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the final, Homer also telling her, like, well, you're going to need that last adrenaline to make this last jump is like this is that's very dangerous for your eight-year-old <laughs> to do here now i know how sir dudley winthrop felt when he first fell through the ceiling and discovered the temple of isis have you ever seen such exquisite ushabtis uh, not this exquisite <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh it's the mysterious orb of isis 
Archaeologists have been studying it for decades and still have no clue what it means. Well, Daddy will figure it out. <laughs> oh, we can't touch it, Dad. It's behind a velvet robe. A velvet robe. Lisa, you can't go this far and then not go further. <laughs> I have a lot of information to drop on all of you. Oh, boy. Uh, so, all, all about Ushabtis. Uh, Ushabtis, yes. Number one, those are funerary figurines meant to act as your servants in the afterlife. So little oh, figurines, little okay. dolls that will help you in the afterlife. So also, Sir Dudley Winthrop is a funny explorer type name, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not, I don't think it's a reference to anything in particular. It's a, just a good choice for a name, but I looked this up and the result I got was from something called Familypedia. Creepy. Wow. Uh, so the Dudley Winthrops were or are a political family dynasty in America. So the, the intermarrying of the Dudleys and the Winthrops created a political <laughs> dynasty in America. And the last person of that dynasty is Sir John of Kerry. <gasps> the, what? The tree-faced man who ran for president. Wow. Yes. So these powerful families. What's going on, guys? So Damn. what we should be asking is how many Abshaptis does yeah. Harry have? <laughs> I mean, he is one. He's a carving. He is a living Abshapti. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, uh, boy, it's almost like all our political parties are just run by these moneyed families. Yeah, they and, go back for centuries. Uh, probably but, uh, nothing, though. But wow, I didn't know that about John Kerry's. <laughs> I thought he just married into the wealth of the Heinz family. No, he was already part of a huge dynasty. Uh, they just combined their money. Wow. Yes. And one last thing. So uh, later on in this scene, Homer knocks over the things holding up the velvet rope, causing a domino effect. And I was like, what are those things called? And they're called stanchions. Why don't we have a word for that? We don't yeah. need a word for that. It's too specific. But then today we were getting ramen, and the lady was like, go stand by the stanchions. And I was like, I know what a stanchion is now. I, I know where to stand. Thank you. Thank you, Simpson. Yeah. That confused me when she said that, because I had kind of looked yeah, it up. Yeah, the two of us were like, stanchions. You guys don't know about stanchions. Let me tell you. You must be 18. I, I do think, though, I think every time I see I watch this episode, I look up Ushabtis, because I never remember yeah. it. This is the first time I did, but there uh, are elegant Ushaptis in the scene. They look, they do look good. I uh, also, though, uh, this scene it reminds me of something they had no intention of making me think of. But when this episode was new and I watched it, the Janet Jackson tour, the Velvet Rope, had oh. just launched actually weeks before I double checked this, and so I had been hearing a ton about <laughs> the Velvet Rope because it was called the Velvet Rope tour. So when Lisa says the Velvet Rope so much, my original thought was like is this a reference to janet jackson which like obviously it's not you've there. never seen a velvet rope <laughs> i mean i had the the idea of holding people behind a velvet rope was new to me at that point i think i hadn't yet seen the nodding head guy sketch from snl mm. the uh, the roxbury right, right 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 i hadn't yet seen that sketch so i wasn't yet sure of the exclusionary practice of velvet ropes. And it's also a very good, real dad moment of Homer going like, daddy will figure it out. Like <laughs> yeah, trying to impress his little girl. Like, <laughs> don't you worry. Oh, are you worried that decades of people haven't figured out how to do this? Well, daddy's got it. Don't worry. <laughs> and of course, the Lisa knows what Homer does. He's he's a walking cartoon. He, of course, is going to knock over everything and destroy it. Have, have you guys ever seen stuff get broken or knocked over at uh a museum? I have, when I was at the the Louvre in Paris, I saw a group of girls, like, touch one of the marble statues, uh, which was really, like, whoa. it was just like, oh, don't do that. Wow. So that was weird. I don't, I've never seen anyone, like, break something. I've gotten in trouble for looking too closely at paintings, and people thought yeah. I was touching them, but. 
I, uh, at a museum a long time ago, someone got yelled at over a loudspeaker because they were getting too close to something or they were touching something. I forget what it was. Oh, wow. But actually, I went to the Mori Museum in Tokyo oh. and I saw the Shonen Jump 90s exhibit and everything is just framed on the walls and I wasn't looking down. There's like a piece of, not tape, it's just a marker on the walls like, don't get don't get beyond this, this line on yeah. the floor. And I was beyond it because I was like, oh, <laughs> these things are framed. And then they came over and were just trying to be like very polite, like Horrible. waving me away, <laughs> like, no, over American here. Yeah, I was like... Japan definitely does that. It's not like they have to make a physical barrier. They just make the suggestion. It's like, yeah. don't go past this part. You know what you're supposed to do, except if you're Bob. But yeah, in, in America, they have to like make like a physical barrier. Yeah. It's like, you can't get past this. Yeah. No, well, you know, I... I know I've transgressed the most in Japan in on one of those type of things when a person comes up and is giving me like the X sign with their both their hands uh, together. Yeah. Like, no, 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 X, X. I did observe the don't take pictures of things rule at the Shonen Jump Museum because everyone else was. But when I went to the One Piece Tokyo Tower exhibit, which you're going to, I know, like your first oh, day, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll be I'll be a good boy here. But then I saw everybody breaking the rules, including uh, Japanese natives. Uh, and I was so like, that, that means I can do yeah, it Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as everyone else is. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're not. Then you're not a jerk foreigner. You're just a normal jerk. I'm trying to fit in. <laughs> I'm a normal jerk. <laughs> I'm, I'm following the customs here. I yeah. I've never seen it uh, at a museum either. But almost I did once at. It would have been one of the worst places to do it. Uh, so my mom really is into Chihuly, the glass oh, artist. Uh, H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. No, <laughs> uh, no he's uh, this like one eye. He's lo- he's like he's had a lot of glass accidents. Does he have a glass eye? No, an iPad. Why doesn't he make a make your own eye? Himself. Yeah, but but he does make art out of glass blowing, and so it's like glass and all these interesting shapes, and he's made hundreds of them, thousands even, and so you get to walk around and see all these like multiple sizes of glass like some you know table size some whole room sized and so there's this one of like stuff's on the wall and then there's stuff in the middle and somebody you're walking through it and you they're delicate glass and one guy not only walks past like the line, he wants to get a photo of something against the wall. Not only does he walk past the line, he has like his elbow right oh. next to one thing as he's uh, photographing it. And one of the docents is like, hey, stop, stop that. Yeah, that's scary, especially in a room made out of glass. Yes, like, you're surrounded by glass. Uh, there's also like, all this reminds me, there's all these influencers who are just like falling off cliffs, taking selfies on top of mountains and oh stuff. Oh, God. Like, always <laughs> well, watch what's going on before you take I a mean, picture. Uh, you know. I, <laughs> no big loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they had loved one. It's fine. But I mean, <laughs> look around you. Uh, and I also, this is the first time I think I caught a grammar nerd joke in here. Homer says, you can't go this far and not go further. Now, grammar jerks who complain like, um, further is not a distance. It's actually a, it's a metaphor. <laughs> so home, the correct thing for Homer to say would be, you can't farther. go this far and not go farther. farther. So when he says further, I do think that is an extra gag about him being grammatically incorrect. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm ashamed I didn't catch that. I didn't catch it until this time. I was like, wait, is that an extra joke there about further versus farther? Interesting. I, I believe so. They don't shout it out in the commentary. If but you I'm believe in sure. the difference between those two words, you're a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a break. Especially like if somebody's just saying it out loud. Like if you see it in writing that's edited, fine. You fewer versus less freaks piss me off too. Oh, Stop oh it. God. <laughs> uh, or what about the people? Well, I mean, the people who hate to hear no problem. That's oh. uh, They're the worst. I oh, think. it's not a problem, is it? Why would it be a problem? <laughs> I expect to be 
thanked on your knees for your patronage. Have a good day. Are you commanding me to have a good day? I'll have a good day if I want to, sir. Uh, you know that my dad would give me things like, I don't know, can you use the restroom? Like, oh yeah. Or I what, oh, I always got um, you know, I'm 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 thirsty and my dad would go, I'm Friday. Uh, <laughs> I never heard that one. I also got a hay is for horses. I got yeah. that one too. Uh, but so let's get to the the very sweet, cute ending here between Homer and Lisa. You broke it. It's a music box. Dad, we uncovered the secret. Oh, so now it's we, eh? It's so beautiful. And just think... We're the first people to hear its song in more than 4,000 years. Thanks for making me take such a stupid risk, Dad. Anytime, honey. Just remember, never be afraid to live life on the edge. Now let's get home before your mother kills us. (laughs) It's kind of humbling, isn't it? The music we just heard might never be heard again. Yeah. But it'll always live on because we'll never forget it. Dad, that's the old Spice song. It is? Well, that's a good song, too. (laughs) (laughs) Run! I love that sound of the music box. It's really haunting. Yeah, and yeah, good. no, I definitely remember when I saw this as a kid. You know, like when you're a kid and like there's certain things that just like blow your mind because <laughs> they're, you know, they're like creepier or weirder than things you've ever experienced. And I definitely remember the first time I saw this episode and heard that sound. I was just like, this is nuts. Yeah, way to go, Alf Clausen, for however you made that sound. <laughs> well, and it's very well designed too. Like they, yeah, the way it opens up is they, real cool. They talk on the commentary, they're just like, well, we wrote that it's secretly a music box. Like <laughs> they had, the animators had uh, to figure out, figure like, it out. how does an orb secretly open to then be an ancient music box? Yeah. That looks Egyptian, and yeah. they found a way to do it. It's, yeah, it's very, very cool. So, do we have the Old Spice theme? I do, thank indeed, you. Because guys. when we were growing up, this was not the Diddy, and now Old Spice has like Tim and Eric style ads. Yes, they right. Made, yeah, Old Spice has been screaming at us for a decade. I think uh, with it's Terry. got a real Mountain Dew style to it now. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> though I still like that their logo is just a boat. Anyway, yeah. Still. I mean, Old Spice is what I think of as the daddiest. Oh, I mean, well, now that's uh, the most. You can't use that word, Henry. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, if anyone can. Oh, that's right. right. I can. I'm sorry. Uh, but no, it's the most fatherly of the of deodorants in America. I think when I think of like what, what deodorant would your dad use, I would think Old I Spice. I use Speed Stick. <laughs> it makes actually, you go faster. I actually Speed Stick. I do use Old Spice. It's the uh, it's the scent. Well, I like they have the they have fun random joke scents now called like Bear Glove and Unicorn Poop. Yeah. Well, they I haven't got that one yet, but uh, but yes, the original Old Spice song, the one Homer was singing, yeah, we didn't know that as kids because that was not their ads. But this 1972 ad uh, that here, makes sense uh, features the old song. Wake up with Old Spice, feel the spray on your face and the wind at your back. <laughs> Come on, wake up to the freshness of the open sea with Old Spice. And get a super smooth shave with Old Spice Shave Cream. 
That oh, was yeah, it. Yeah, you can just hear yeah. it in the background. It does sound like a sea shanty. It sounds like Monkey Island music, actually. <laughs> well, the man who's telling you to get Old Spice is dressed like an old fisherman, too. Uh, so he's walking through town, handing out Old Spice oh, to other guys. To I, other I, I, oh, I want to smell. <laughs> I forgot about the nautical theme of Old Spice. Yes. Right. When he was like, feel the spray on your face. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Pardon where, me. where are we going with this, sir? <laughs> he wants the people to get spray on their face. What? It's it's a musky scent on your... Okay. Uh, no, the... <laughs> It's a, but it's a cute song that that's the one that Homer just thinks <laughs> yeah. of. Like it's great that that's the theme they bring in at the end with yeah. the orchestra. They right. play it with the orchestra. Right, they just like go with it. <laughs> and it's it's cute hearing. I would think that Yardley and Dan were in the booth at the same time too, going like yeah. do do yeah. do do do. Like it's really cute. It's very cute. I also like though that they couldn't resist. Like, well, we need an extra joke here. We can't just stand on the sweetness. So they get chased <laughs> by dog. Yeah, right. and I would assume arrested. And the March had to pick them up. Though also they go with the joke, but then they do resume the actual song just so you can hear it one more time too. Mm-hmm. That could have been it's the whole choice. credit song, really. But too haunting when you're rolling into King of the Hill. <laughs> That's true. In 1998. <laughs> uh, but that that was a very nice and sweet episode that also, I think, kept it really grounded, I think, too. There yeah. was no really crazy twist. And even the opening was pretty connected to the next story, too. It didn't even have one of those wild first acts that's not really connected to the rest of the story. One of the funnier action slash pain set pieces of <laughs> yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah. Up there with the skateboard scene. Any final thoughts, Maddie? Um, no, I just, yeah, it's it's a really sweet episode. So yeah, like again, I, I really like the Lisa Homer aspects of it. Um, it has the the B plot with Bart and Marge is really funny. I think it's it's one of the more memorable ones for me and it ties really well into the A plot. So it's just in general, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice episode. It's it's very sweet. My mind is still not changed about dads though. <laughs> I, I will know. never I'll be get, one. I'll get you next time. I do not respect dads. Any dads <laughs> listening out there? I, You're doing your best. <laughs> I under I understand your pro dad feelings on this, but I cannot feel this way. As the Terminator would say, "No, I, <laughs> no, I I do appreciate they the, all bad. Uh, I I do appreciate a good dad in this world of not good dads. That's, yeah. that's good. And I want I want there to be more good dads. I think one of my anti dad feelings is that I feel like the society we live in has such low expectations for dads that many just kind of coast on. Like, well, if I if I take my son to a baseball game once a year i'm a great dad stuff like that that i'm like well i i i want better of dads and homer is a is a good dad in this episode after being a bad dad who lets his daughter ride the bus <laughs> well but, uh, but that was more lisa's was, like scheming so you can't true. really blame him for that he got tricked it's true yeah. but yeah it's just i definitely i mean f- as far as my dad goes he's like i said he's he's really amazing and i definitely feel that you know if something were to happen to me like something happened to lisa he would do really stupid crazy things mm-hmm. to make sure i'm Okay. So Maddie, thanks again for coming out to Berkeley to record with us today. And you'll be in Japan when this goes live. So do you have a store up that people can buy things from? or uh, like... Actually, not right now. Okay, normally, I didn't think so. <laughs> normally I have a lot more stuff to plug, but uh, when this is going up, I am uh, going to be living in Japan. So you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter name is the letter O, that's Raspberry. If you like One Piece, it's a good place to go because <laughs> I like One Piece a lot. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, other like I've had Patreons and stores and stuff in the past, but as far as right now, that is about all I got. I love your Twitter handle. It's a great Simpsons <laughs> reference a lot of people don't get. Yeah, uh, it's when yeah. a lot of people will realize it a lot later and they'll be like, 
Oh, that's great. So I think uh, once you see the header art, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. But you've got to click through to see that. <laughs> but if uh, if people start following you now, at least when your store go comes back, they'll be ready and hey, know. Look so, at that. Yeah. Oh, those, those poochie stickers are great. Also, just all your drawings are so awesome to see. A recent one at the time of this recording you did that I really liked was the uh, graph on <laughs> who smells the worst yeah. of the straw hat. Game. It's true. It's it was, true. It was a very, it was very controversial. They got a lot of comments <laughs> on people arguing, but uh, but I, but I think important, it was accurate. The important thing is everyone knows Robin and Ami smell nice, and everyone knows that Luffy and Zoro smell like garbage. <laughs> Stink town, boys. Stink town. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Talking Simpsons. If you'd like to support our network and get a ton of bonus podcasts on top of that, so many bonus podcasts, go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And if you sign up at the $5 level, you get every episode of this podcast a week ahead of time and ad free. And the same goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon. Also at the $5 level are so many bonus podcasts, too many to name here, but you'll get Talking Critic, Talking Futurama, and Talk King of the Hill, three exclusive mini series. We do all of the critics, season one of Futurama, and season one of king of the hill just for patrons also interviews and tons of bonus stuff on top of that if you sign up at the five dollar level you have a lot of catching up to do we also have a ten dollar level we've been having a lot of fun doing movies for the what a cartoon movie podcast henry can you talk more about that oh yes there's tons of great movies on there that me and bob do full what a cartoon style examinations of we've done batman mask of the phantasm kiki's delivery service akira and so many other great podcasts who knows what we'll do next who's to say (laughs) but uh, and also at the ten dollar level you get access to all the previous videos we used to do of simpsons history including us going through all of the simpsons shorts that preceded the show and the deleted scenes and i would guess the deleted scenes it's probably coming up pretty soon at the time of this episode going live so tons of cool stuff you get at the ten dollar level we make it worth your money for sure so please consider going up to ten bucks again that is patreon.com slash talking simpsons this is our full-time job and every dollar you give us helps support us and our podcasting lives and as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo my other podcast is retro knots a classic gaming podcast every monday and occasionally friday go to retronauts.com or look for retro knots and your podcast device check it out please subscribe and or like thank you henry what else? Hey, I'm Henry Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. If you want to see updates on when this podcast goes live, what a cartoon our sister podcast goes live, or any of the extras on Patreon, you'll need to follow me there because I'll talk about it all the time. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for the season finale, Natural Born Kissers. We'll see you then. Make me tap the sign. But I'm lost and I need to know where. Last stop. End of the line. <laughs>